The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. But to get a better understanding, as you mentioned, we're going to, to get to Elaine to give us a better understanding of what they look like. Hi, Elaine. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. It's our pleasure. So something that Brad and I discussed is is we feel that this we we know people people utilize these supervised consumption sites we know that it's we know the the health benefits but we don't necessarily completely understand what happens when you walk in the door and so elaine we've we've asked you to 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 walk us through essentially a step-by-step of of a person's experience inside a supervised consumption site so I'll, i'll start with with obviously the first step what happens when someone looking to use the site shows up at the door Sure. So um, there's a number of different models of supervised consumption services, and I would say that even within Alberta, the different sites have slightly different, um, you know, procedures and slightly different kind of feels. But generally speaking, what happens is um, a person would be greeted by a staff member of the site, and they would complete an intake process, which um, gets out some of their kind of core health information and some of the information about what they're about to take. And um, there's typically like a consent process, and they're asked to provide some data for the administration database that the site runs um, and that's step one. Elaine, does anybody ever get turned away? Is there a reason for these professionals to say we can't welcome you in right now? Um, yes, each site would have their own specific exclusion criteria, um, and those are actually part of uh, policies and procedures that have to be approved by the federal government for them to be allowed to operate. Um, so the exclusion criteria would vary from site to site. Can you give us an example of what that exclusion criteria could be for for a specific site, if you're familiar? Sure. So one example might be um, if staff have had um, an issue with one person uh, that's been, you know, typically the sites will always try their best to um, do everything they can to address an issue and keep everyone safe um, within their space. But sometimes uh, temporary or more longer term exclusions are required. They're very rare. Um, and they don't happen, happen very frequently, but that is one example of uh, an exclusion criteria. So if there, you know, if, if there had been a behavior going on that um, was not stopping, um, that might be one measure that's taken. Elaine, are they once they're admitted and, and there are no issues with, with this certain individual? Uh, is it where are they told to go? Is 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 there certain areas for for certain users for for certain for certain drugs, or is it just a common facility? What does sure. the inside so, look like? Most of the sites are set up the same way, and they typically have an intake and a waiting area, and so that's where people would first present, and that's where they would first um, interact with the uh, healthcare staff. And from there, um, there's generally a, an injection or a, a consumption room, and so the, the rooms are all kind of typically laid out the same way. They generally have tables um, that are sterile uh, with sterile supplies for um, drug consumption, and then those that room is staffed by um by additional staff that are monitoring people as they're using and providing them with information about healthcare, um, information about drug use, and generally just building a rapport and a relationship with them. And then once people are done in the consumption area, um, typically each service has another area where people can go to um, kind of be monitored and just kind of relax and um, maybe interact with additional staff. So for example, a lot of the sites offer addictions counseling or social work services. That's typically where you'd see um, those types of services being delivered is um, after someone's used, they are out of withdrawal, they have a more level head and they're able to kind of start ta- having a conversation if they want about um, where they want to go and you know what kinds of things that they could access to help them. 
Elaine, is there a limit of per day how many people can access the site or at one time? Uh, yeah, so all the sites are going to be restricted by their capacity. So um, obviously, uh, you know, the, each site only has a certain amount of spaces where people can use at a given time. And so um, that would be the main limit is that um, obviously they're not going to, you know, they need to control the flow and make sure that everyone has time to interact with the staff and has time to use the service in a safe way. Now, Elaine, once they use, are they required to stay in the facility? And, and if so, for how long? Uh, so generally people are encouraged to stay, but they're not required. Um, there isn't like, you know, there's not some kind of like locked door or something. Um, generally, most people will stick around. They might grab a snack or um, have a chat with someone, but uh, they, and it's just to monitor to make sure that they don't have an overdose. Um, and, uh, and, but it's not a requirement. It's certainly um, people, you know, are who use drugs are people just like the rest of us and they have things to do in their lives and so if they don't have time to stick around then that's certainly not a requirement and then take us through the sterilizing you mentioned sterilizing the table what does the the cleanup look like for the staff afterwards sure so like I think um, generally speaking, supervised reproductive services are a healthcare facility. They're off, there's a lot of measures that are taken to make them as warm and comfortable as possible. So, um, you know, there's like art, uh, client art, things like that, but there is a healthcare facility and um, obviously it's a need to prevent the spread of potential infections or anything like that. There is uh, like cleanup process and typically the clients help to um, clean up like you know when they're finished they put their dispose of their needles and other materials and then um, like things get wiped down basically. Now uh, Elaine we obviously know that there's healthcare professionals there are, are there security on site in case you know there's erratic behavior whether the person has used or not? Uh, no. So typically you would not see security at a supervised exception service and typically it's not required. Um, it's pretty rare that staff would encounter incidences of violence or anything that would require sort of additional support beyond what the staff can do. Um, you have to remember that everyone that works at a supervised consumption service is very well trained and working with um, people who are, uh, you know, using substances and um, maybe experiencing some mental health challenges. And so generally speaking, um, security is not on-site and it's generally not required. Um, typically, if you treat people with respect and you provide them with a safe space where they feel comfortable, um, you're not gonna run into a ton of incidents where a security would be required. So we know overdosing is a very real reality of, of utilizing a site. Take us through the process of what happens if someone does begin to, to overdose. Sure. So generally speaking, again, um, like so people who use supervised consumption services are often using um, very highly contaminated street drugs. Um, and sometimes it's uh, stimulant and sometimes it's opioids. Um, so the responses are different. But in the instances of uh, over opioid overdose, which is really, you know, what's been making headlines in Alberta, um, an overdose would first be managed um, by disassessing the patient and seeing how they're doing. Um, and then if it's deemed necessary by the clinical people that work in the space, they would um, potentially administer oxygen to help someone who may be struggling um, to breathe and just make sure they're, that they're breathing okay. And, uh, you know, if they go down um, quickly or it's indicated that uh, is the more severe overdose, then that would generally be managed with naloxone. So naloxone is a, a drug, a antagonist to opioids that reverses overdose. And, and those kits, uh, are they are they well stocked all the time in-house at these sites? Absolutely. All of these, the, the great thing about surprise consumption services is they are able to not only respond in the moment to an overdose and have successfully in Alberta, for example, um, 
these sites have reversed well over 3,000 overdoses since they've been open here in our province. Um, but they're also, the staff are also typically equipped to um, address a number of other health concerns that people may be experiencing. And so oftentimes other medical emergencies can be managed on site. Um, clients can access care for wounds and other things that they wouldn't get elsewhere necessarily. Once, once the process is finished, is there a process to, to leaving the facility? Just like um, when you leave a clinic visit in another healthcare facility or if you're at the hospital, yeah, you would be sort of checked out of the system. So um, it's noted that you've left and what time you left. Uh, and um, then people are free to um, access additional services in the building. So in Edmonton, for example, all the supervised accepted services are actually embedded in existing facilities that provide a host of different health and social supports for people who are student involved and maybe using substances. So people would leave the room that is the supervised accepted space in that facility, but then if they like, they are welcome to obviously access additional supports um, within the building or continue about um, their day. And Elaine, once they do leave and, and this process has been completed, uh, do they have the ability to, to get clean needles and, and leave the site? Yes, absolutely. Um, needle distribution or sterile supply distribution is a core function of harm reduction. We've had needle exchange in Edmonton since the late 80s, and it's very key for reducing the potential risk of HIV and hepatitis C um, uh, spreading in our community. And so um, all of the services provide uh, sterile supplies for people who need them, as well as all the services take back any supplies that people might have. And and um, in Edmonton, for sure, I know that the return rate is um, very, very high. How about, like nalox how about naloxone kits? Can they leave with those two or those strictly in-house? Yeah, the reality is that, um, you know, for many people, they're not always going to be able to make it to a supervised consumption service. And so it's really key that um, people are able to take home naloxone kits and sterile supplies and to receive information and training on how to respond in overdose if they are outside the bounds of the FDM. Elaine, I, I feel sometimes we get in our head the idea of what someone who uses a supervised consumption site might look like. But can you take us into, like, the different so socioeconomic backgrounds of people who utilize Sure. So um, supervised consumption services generally are targeted to people that are using substances in public or semi-public spaces. So these are people that may have prior to the opening of a service been injecting in, for example, an alley or a park or parkade or may have not may not have a safe place to go um, to use substances. And so um, the people that access these services as compared to the general population of people who use opioids um, would tend to be a bit more um, socioeconomically marginalized. Um, they may not, they're less likely to be housed. Um, generally, if you have a house and a privacy and you know sterile water and all those things, you're gonna be more inclined to stay at home if you're using substances. And so they really do target that, um, that the population of people who are a bit more street involved. Um, that being said, I think it's really important to stress that we often do have stereotypes in our heads about the people that use these services. And um, I think when you actually, if you actually take the time to speak to people who are using the services and get to know them and understand their stories, it's very clear that they're very much just like us. Um, they have, you know, hopes and dreams and struggles just like all of us. And uh, they are just, have a, in many cases, just encountered bad things that have led them to, you know, a path where they're struggling with substances. Um, and so I think that's really important to remember, like they're much more like us and like, like everyone. And yeah, I just, I hate to see a lot of stigma and um, discrimination against people who are using these sites because they're our friends, they're our neighbors and they're our family members. Elaine, just in closing, could you just hammer home the benefits of using supervised consumption sites rather than using at home or on the street? 
Sure. So um, our illegal our illegal drug market is highly toxic right now. It's never been this contaminated, and so the risk of overdose is at a like a historically unprecedented level. So first and foremost, these sites um, provide people who are using substances uh, with a space to be safe and to connect with care and um, with peers who can uh, assist them as needed. Um, beyond that, they're one of the key parts of our public health approach to the overdose epidemic. Um, they have been demonstrated to reduce the overdose death rate in different areas. And um, without them, I think we'd be really struggling uh, initially to address the, the rate of overdose in our province. And so um, they're one of the few strategies we have for preventing an overdose once it occurs. And they're really, they're a small part of our overall overdose uh, response, but they're a really critical part. Elaine, thank you so much for breaking things down for us and for taking time out of your day to speak to, to, speak to us. And I think truly educate. No problem. Thanks for having me on.